everyone, Melissa Abbott here, Vice President of Hartman Retainer Services, welcoming you to the Insatiable Appetite, a podcast for people who are in the serious business of food, making it, marketing it, selling it, serving it, and eating it too. We are very fortunate today to have with us Karen Levy, Director of Marketing at Maple Hill Creamery, America's original 100% grass-fed dairy. From one farm in 2009 to over 150 grass-fed organic farms in New York State, Maple Hill Creamery continues to set new standards in premium dairy, crafting yogurt, dairy milk and butter, and kefir from 100% grass-fed organic milk. Hey, Karen, it's great to be connecting with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so maybe we can start out with some background overview on Maple Hill Creamery and its mission. It's really quite a fascinating story. Yeah, so um, our mission is really to sell the highest quality dairy to our customers. Um, You know, we really think of ourselves as the pinnacle of organic dairy. And I would say that um, our founders are just truly amazing people and they started with one farm and they grew it to this you know to this wonderful company and it's really just you know it's about humane treatment of animals regenerative agriculture and sustainability that is really fascinating as we think about how at the end of the day it's about caring for the cows and making a really superior product Now, I'm excited to jump right into Maple Hill's commitment to grass-fed. Now, clearly, it's resonating with consumers given the success and national distribution of your products. And with the myriad of claims in the dairy category nowadays, my goodness, there's so many things out there. What do you think it is, Karen, about grass-fed that resonates with your consumers? And do you see this as a lasting trend that's going to continue to evolve? Yeah, I definitely see this as a lasting trend that's going to evolve. I think that even when you look at the last two years, um, I think two years ago, regenerative agriculture wasn't in everyday conversation, and it's it's much more out there, and, and people know about it now, and it's just more talked about. I think it's kind of kind of the way that um, you know I, I think about it as maybe. Um, you know, how GMO, non, the non-GMO label, and then people started to be more and more educated on it. Um, and I think that our customers are just really passionate about the fact that there are so many different facets of the planet that regenerative agriculture helps. So, um, you know, it's about paying farmers fair wages. It's about letting cows be cows and having access to the outdoors 365 days a year. It's about the fact that, you know, we're actually offsetting greenhouse gas emissions. Um, you know, it takes um, sustainability, you know, a step farther and it goes into regeneration and healing the planet. And I think that, you know, especially when you talk about millennials and Gen Z, there's just they want to know the story of your brand. They want to know that when they're buying your product, they can feel good about making that decision. And I feel like people really do feel that way about Maple Hill. I've never worked at a brand before where we just, we don't even need to go seek it out. People just come to us and say, thank you for doing what you're doing. 
thank you for existing. And that's just like, as a marketer, that's, that's the dream. You can't ask for anything better than that. That yeah, that's really inspiring, and I love that comparison you made with uh, non-GMO. And you know, I remember going back at least ten years when we were surveying consumers about uh, GMOs and you know whether they were trying to avoid them or not, and the you know the idea that they didn't really know what the heck they were, quite frankly, and they still really don't know what they are, but they know that they don't, the majority of consumers don't want it in their food or in the, at least in their food, you know, whether it's in the food supply or not, they definitely don't want it in their food. So I think that's a really great comparison because there is that confusion still Mm -hmm. around GMOs and regenerative agriculture is so all encompassing. It touches, as you mentioned, all of these different facets of uh, animal welfare, as well as human health, as well as health of the planet. So it can be it can be somewhat confusing just because of the breadth of of information that it entails. Uh, so I think that's something for us as as marketers to think about is that just because consumers don't necessarily you know have a tight definition on what regenerative agriculture means, it means something different to each and every one of them. So I think that that's pretty fascinating. And, you know, we're noticing that Maple Hill has been really active in building a definition of certified grass-fed. And there's a a certification that you include um, a seal on your packaging. So how important is this in terms of growing that market for grass-fed and eventually for regenerative agriculture as well? Yeah, I think it's really important. So our uh, grass-fed seal was created uh, by Maple Hill Creamery in partnership with PCO and um, also Organic Valley. And it really is the first and only label that is, um, you know, a certification for 100% grass-fed organic product. I think, um, you know, I I do think there is, there are label fatigue um, within consumers, but we had such high standards for ourselves and for the dairy industry and for the products that we were creating that we almost had to go make it harder for ourselves and say, you know what, nothing is living up to our standards. So we have to go create our own and we want people to know when they see this label, what it means to us and, you know, and to our farmers and all the work that, that they put into this and, you know, how, how grass-fed organic is really truly so different from everything else on the market. So I think, you know, I think it's just become something that our our consumers know that they can trust. And, and, you know, and also I think the fact that we didn't go at it alone, we're very happy to share the information and the certification process with anyone else that wants to join in. That is very interesting, and it really speaks to the integrity of Maple Hill. Can you remind listeners what PCO is? Yeah, so it is a independent um, organic certifier. So I don't want to go into t- too much detail on it sure. because of so Tim Joseph. I want to say who's our fr- our founding farmer. He's he's the super scientific one, and I don't want to say something that um, is incorrect, but. It's an or, it's a it's an organic certifying body. So when you look when you look at labels on packaging, um, you'll often see that different organic labels um, have different organizations behind them that are doing the certification. Sure, so I, I think okay. that's a great thing to note too. That if if anyone's looking at a package on the shelf, um, they have that 
ability to go and look up what those labels mean on their own and, and see if they agree with those standards. That is a great point. And, and also, yeah, so there, it goes just beyond the USDA organic certification. There are state bodies and other uh, organizations that take that also take organic certification sometimes a step further too. So that's great. Thank you for mentioning that. And yeah, we do know that certifications in food and beverage really do help consumers in, in a variety of ways. And we've seen many certification symbols and certification systems rolled out in food and beverage over the years, right? And we do see consumers relying on these icons as a sort of like a guideline for good products. Um, and this is especially true for consumers at that midpoint of engagement with food culture where they're not, they, they might not be that core or really, you know, uh, tip of the spear, health and wellness or sustainability consumer, but they're looking for those shorthand things. So these, these seals and symbols, they really do, you know, they do matter. And it also seems to help too with the, there's so many grass fed claims on products these days that, um, and I think this also applies to the, the actual meat industry where, you know, how was it 100% grass fed? Was it grass finished? There's there's so much co confusion around that. So it feels like they're just being able to look at a Maple Hill or or one of the other um, certifying using this, this organic grass fed uh, seal. It really does help to simplify things a bit. Does that seem like that would be the case? Yeah, I think that, you know, there is kind of label fatigue, but I think also just as a consumer, it's it's so hard to know what is what I've um, I've spent my whole career working in the CPG and food industry. And I feel like I learn things every day that I didn't know. I'm, I'm constantly learning about, you know, just anything new, any, you know, a new flavor or a new farming practice. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I can, I think as a marketer, I often have to step back and say, how do I simplify this? You know, how do, how do I take this really complex message or, you know, a, a packaging full of certifications and really simplify this into one sentence or a three second video or, you know, it's really about simplifying it and, and testing different messages to see what resonates with the consumer. Yeah, and Maple Hill, and you certainly do a good job over there because it's reson yeah, it is resonating really well with consumers because they look to Maple Hill as not just delicious. And, you know, this is from consumer interviews and, and you know, seeing Maple Hill in, in fridges and, and whatnot um, and just knowing that they there's a trust level um, there. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, your communication uh, skills in, in that regard. So that's Thank really you. neat. And okay, so maybe shifting gears a little bit here. Um, now, dairy, it can get a bad rap in debates on sustainability, but Maple Hill takes a stand about really turning that conversation to be more nuanced from, from what I've been noticing, to be less about dairy versus plant-based, you know, this very polarizing kind of thing, as not all dairy is the same. Uh, and can you speak to the benefits of inputs from grazing and regenerative agriculture? Like, are there actually, you know, from, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but the sustainability and maybe health and wellness benefits that, you know, not all dairy is the same. And so just to compare it to, you know, um, you know not all plant-based milks, for example, uh, are the same. So just curious about your thoughts on that. Yeah, so to, so to start out with, from a communication standpoint, 
we never take the stance of looking down on, on anyone. Everyone has the right to make their own decision. You know, there are people that drink multiple types of milk in their household. We often see Maple Hill milk next to a plant-based milk in the fridge. Um, and also farming in general is is so inc incredibly hard. I've, I've been to our farms and, and I'm there for a day and I'm exhausted, so I can't imagine doing it every day. Um, so we are very, very conscious of the fact that we don't want to put anyone down, but we do want to educate people on why we are regenerative and, and regenerative, you know, it's very specific and there's holistic management and grazing charts and we're actually sequestering carbon into the soil and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Um, so when you look at it from a purely environmental standpoint, if we were able to convert more farms across the United States or the world to regenerative agriculture farms, we could actually start healing the planet, which is really amazing to think about, um, you know, because so often dairy gets called out as cows are so bad, they're so bad for the environment, and that's just not true. I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's just, how you're farming and and what you know how you're I, I don't I don't want to say using the cows I think we really love our cows um, <laughs> our cows have like amazing lives and when you go to a farm it's it's exactly uh, what you picture it in your mind to be it's just so beautiful and there's so much land and you know it's really the system of they're moving between pastures and their hooves are aerating the ground and they're eating the flowers and ripping up the grass and it's and it's really a whole system that works together um, where not only are we getting this amazing quality milk and amazing and making this amazing product, um, but we're also doing something amazing for the planet. So it's, it's a whole system. So I think that there is a overarching conversation around dairy being bad and, you know, people aren't um, breaking it into those different conversations and taking the different nuances into account. But what's interesting is I've actually kind of seen that change where sometimes people will post things on social media and they'll call out dairy as being horrible for the environment. And then I'll see people comment and say, oh, well, what about Maple Hill or what about regenerative ag? And then I just get a huge smile on my face. And I think like that's like that's that's, you know, that's such a great when 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 someone is so excited about what you're doing that they're putting it out there so it's just it is a complex um ecosystem but it's it's really just like beautiful and amazing and i i can't i wish i could like show a picture of a farm right now to everyone listening um because it just makes you smile and the fact that you see these farms and you know that they're doing such wonderful things for the planet is is amazing yeah that's amazing and i've heard this uh this saying, it's not the cow, it's the how. And it really makes, that makes me think of what you're talking about right now, that, you know, it isn't, you're thinking about dairy in this one giant kind of way that that does have, you know, certain challenges, but thinking about the time-honored traditions, but then applying modern technologies. So it's it's really neat to see Maple Hill embracing, you know, going to the ways of the past, but also looking towards the future and, and, and utilizing new technologies too, and, and being able to convey that 
to the consumer. And we we also know from our research here at Hartman that you know consumers oftentimes they'll they'll go to a, a grass fed or a regenerative product because they first think this is good for me, it's good for my family. Maybe it's the conjugated linoleic acids that are present in say a, a grass fed milk that wouldn't be present in um, a, a you know a grain fed or um, factory farm uh, dairy. So they'll go to it perhaps for the the health benefits for themselves first and then and the secondary benefits of, you know, for the cow and mm -hmm. for the animals and then also for the regenerative properties for the soil and uh, sequestering carbon. So it's really neat to hear hear you talk about that in that way, too. You know, but then I think, too, also about what, what are the, some of the limitations around grass-fed and regenerative agriculture for, you know, what are these producers such as your, you know, Maple Hill and the farmers that you represent? What do you guys face, do you think, going forward? Um, so I think some of the limitations are, um, you know, uh, from just a farming level, you need so much land. Um, there's much more land per cow than a conventional farm. So, you know, that's a challenge in of itself, um, you know, for our farmers. And I think, um, from, I, I think that we do an amazing job of working with our farmers. We, host annual pasture walks, we, we have educational events, so we try and be as, as supportive to our farmers as possible and help them go through the transition of becoming grass-fed organic, because uh, that system takes multiple years and is just very challenging. Uh, and then I, I think from a consumer level, um, like I said earlier, it's there's so many different ways in, and everyone has their own personal reason why they love grass-fed and regenerative agriculture. Um, yeah. and, and also the fact that it just tastes amazing. So we all, we, you know, we want to tell the consumer this is, a, this is a great tasting product and all these other things. And so um, I, I think that is a constant struggle of how do you fit all this information um, into, into short you know, stories for marketing. And, and that's just going to be an ever evolving process for us. And the things that people care about is going to be ever evolving. And so, I, you know, I think that's just something we, we think about every day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love that idea about how you, know, you say, well, the it, consumers just love the way it tastes and it, there's a taste difference. And I, I like the idea how Maple Hill is unapologetically full, th uh, you've got this full fat stance. And we do hear from more engaged wellness consumers, they're really seeking full fat dairy for their health and flavor benefits. You know, but consumers across wellness segments, they're all about choosing foods and beverages that contain low to no sugar. So that's really, there's a win there. And Maple Hill, you guys have come out with a really interesting product very recently, um, a zero sugar, zero added sweetener, zero carb organic milk. Now this is really innovative, especially coming out of a pandemic. Can you tell us a little bit about how this product came to be and how consumers are responding? Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, I could talk about this product all day. Um, so it, it really came to be because we listen to our consumers and we, you know, we have so many consumers that are our full fat, you know, whole milk um, consumers. And, and that's, that's all, you know, that's what they'll be forever. And then there's this whole other 
um, segment of consumers that, you know, wanted to, um, you know, have, you know, purchase Maple Hill products, um, but, you know, they have these sugar concerns, you know, so an average um, serving of milk has 12 grams of sugar in it. And if you are someone who is trying to avoid sugar, that's, that's a big place that you're going to go and cut sugar. So, you know, you're going to, you're going to look for alternative milks in your smoothie or your coffee or your cereal. And so it was really just, you know, listening to what people were telling us and, and working with our innovation team. They did an amazing job. It tastes so good. And, um, we, you know, we recently launched it. It's in every Whole Foods Market store now. We're, we're working on launching it in more stores later this year. And um, we've gotten great feedback. I think it's um, the keto community has really embraced us, which is great. And we also have, um, you know, we got a great note from a mom who said, my diabetic daughter was never able to drink milk before. And she had your milk and she loved it. And she can have milk in her cereal again. So it's, it's really across the health and wellness spectrum, and it's been great feedback so far. Wow. What an absolutely exciting innovation in premium organic dairy layered in with those health benefits. I, I think this is really exciting. And, you know, you mentioned the keto consumer, and there are definitely a lot of consumers out there dabbling in keto. And, you know, they might not necessarily, from our research, be consuming, you know, a full on 100% ketogenic diet, but they're, you know, dabbling in it. And it might be to your point the you know, the, for their coffee, for a smoothie. Um, and so we know that there's tremendous opportunity for cleaner products that speak to those ketogenic values that um, high, higher fat, good quality fat and low sugar. So really exciting. Um, now, are there any more plans in the pipeline for new product introductions or maybe even new avenues for distribution. You said that Whole Foods has is almost like the first exclusive retailer, but then it's going to be opened up to more retailers uh, in the near future. So th this is kind of exciting. Like what other kinds of things do you guys have in the pipeline? Um, so, you know, I think we're always working on ways to innovate the dairy aisle. Like, you know, I think grass-fed organic was an incredibly innovative product in of itself because it was the first, you know, 100% grass-fed organic dairy on the market. And then, um, you know, and then we're first again with zero sugar organic milk. So I think I'm just excited to see what comes next for us. And, you know, we're going to be opening up the distribution for zero sugar later this year. And then I think um, just on a personal level, I'm, I'm an avid coffee drinker and I'm obsessed with Maple Hill zero sugar milk in my coffee. So I would, I would love to see Maple Hill milk in coffee shops and, and go in and, and have that there as an option. That's just my, my own personal goal. Oh, I like that plug. I could <laughs> see that being a very big draw for a lot of coffee drinkers out there for sure. Uh, you know, the, as we're kind of rounding out here, I wanted to touch on the topic of animal welfare. It's a rising topic of interest among consumers. And, you know, you've talked so much about the cows and how they're, you know, the farmers take such great care of them. And it seems that at Maple Hill, you're able to convey an authentic level of transparency on your social media feeds, like Instagram, for example. What a great feed you guys have. And it really highlights the farmers and that connection that they have with their cows. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how this is distinct in the 
dairy industry or do you have any you know stories about the farmers that you can share yeah I love our farmers I love spending time with them um I learned how to pre-pandemic I learned how to herd cows um so I think just as a marketer going and spending time on the farms and connecting with them allows me to you know to help tell their stories better um but also I I I think our Instagram feed is is just so special. I think um, we actually have a program that I lovingly call our farmfluencer program. Um, so instead of influencers, we have our farmers and they're literally um, taking photos with their iPhones or, you know, whatever phone they have and sending us photos and videos. And, you know, we, we do mix in um, Julia Joseph, who's our co-founder. She is a great spokeswoman for the brand. And she's our co-founder. She's a certified Pilates instructor. She really authentically lives the Maple Hill brand. Um, so we often will post photos of her recipes and how she's cooking and using our products. Um, and I think, you know, it's just, you know, we just we just really genuinely want to show what the farm is like. I think that it's, it's a, such an exciting thing. And when people live in cities and they don't get to go to farms and they just want to see where their food is coming from. And I think, you know, something that we really think about is, you know, answering every single question on our feed. I think that's a huge differentiator where a lot of other dairy brands, um, you know, just can't or, or won't answer all the different questions. And we have a commitment to, you know, answer every single question that we're asked. So even if it makes us uncomfortable, um, you know, we'll, we'll answer it. So I think, you know, sometimes it's really simple. It's where can I find your product or where your firm's located? And other times it's, you know, it could be something like, you know, what, you know, how long are calves kept with their moms? And we are very fortunate where calves are kept with their moms. Um, and so I think we just, the fact that we know that we have nothing to hide because we're so proud of our brand and we're so proud of our farms, um, so we just try and be open. And I think authenticity really is a term that gets overused on social media, but, you know, we just really try and embrace it and just show like, this is, you know, this is really what's happening on our farms. And if you have questions, we're here for you. That is, I love that you answer every one of those questions. And that's a really great takeaway for any uh, any brand, any category listening here today with that idea of, you know, you don't have to be perfect and, you know, hiding details isn't going to benefit you in the long run because the way things are these days, people are going to find out, consumers are going to find out. So being transparent and, you know, just taking the consumer on that journey with you uh, is really the key forward. So I just think that's fantastic. And, you know, I really just want to thank you uh, for this fascinating conversation, Karen. We're so grateful you've taken the time to meet with us and chat today. Now, how, how can our listeners find more info on Maple Hill Creamery? What, what's that handle you've got on Instagram and some other places they can find you? Yeah, so definitely check us out on social media. We're at Maple Hill Creamery on Instagram and Pinterest, as well as TikTok. Um, you're going to see some fun videos of cows, um, funny cows coming soon. And then you can check us out on our website at maplehill.com. 
Fantastic. This is so wonderful. And we look forward to learning more about Maple Hill's leadership in sustainable dairy and what's next on the horizon in the coming future. So thank you again, Karen, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. Thank you so much.